This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. The Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Mike, tonight's a special night. You know what tonight is? Every night's a special night around here. No, tonight's a really really special night tonight. You know why? Why? Because I went sub 500 in league and you're going to enjoy it? No, we'll talk later, but but look at our logos. So you know what tonight is, right? Tonight's Ben Simmons Appreciation Night. Uh, I know. <laughs> Dude, I love it. It's Ben Simmons Appreciation Night, Brooklyn Nets. Let's go. In what Philly. a coward. I just, I just saw a, a, an update on my Twitter feed that this coward that Rob has posted above me, this bum, okay, <laughs> He actually came out during the Sixers introductions to sit on the bench because he didn't. He wanted to avoid the booze. Listen, I wish I could be watching this game right now. Philadelphia, my city, they are gonna they are gonna treat this guy exactly as they should. So, Rob, listen, good riddance, good riddance. I mean, you're Brooklyn, Rob. You know, if you want to rep this this this. Uh, Dumpster fire over here. You go right ahead, my guy. Ben no Simmons appreciation that. night. Um. Anyway, okay. Let's get let's get to bowling here because, oh, uh, you you've done some league review. Um. Utah conspiracy night. Yeah, there's probably gonna be some conspiracy talk later. Um. We. Uh, I'm trying to practice, Mike. I'm trying to bowl. I got some more stuff. FYI, I know, I know you love to hear me getting more stuff. Um. So uh, I'm going to go this weekend to B3 performance in Tempe. I got an hour reserved. The comeback is real. It's legit. I'm bowling with Mike Haugen in a city tournament in a few weeks. Um, you know, so I'm gonna get get my stuff together. But Mike, dude, I can't find a place to go practice. It's global all over the place. Like I can't find dude, Bolero is killing me. It's killing me trying to find a place to practice right now, Mike. I go everywhere and it's global and it's eight dollars a game. Yeah, well, I, I they just, don't. I'm getting so pissed. On the weekends, most of them don't open until noon at the earliest, and when they do open, they go to Cosmic right away. So yeah, it's that's that's usually the trend with the Bolero Center. So it is tough. Uh, yeah, leg report. I'll give the people what they. Yeah, how'd you do? Ah, uh, this is my favorite time. <laughs> Let's Terrible. hear it, Mike. How's your ball? Terrible. Oh, let's Terrible. hear it. 490. What were your scores? Oh, you break 500. I didn't. 150, <laughs> 190, 160, I think, were my three games, basically. Um, it's crazy, too, because I went to practice on Saturday. I threw it great. Went to practice. Threw it so good in practice on Saturday on, on patterns that I went on Monday and practiced again. Threw it great again. Okay, then I went in on Tuesday and I don't I struck in practice, felt like I had the right ball, was lined up. And yeah, as soon as the lights came on, it was like nothing I did was right. No move I made was right. No no adjustment I made, no ball I threw was right. Chasing so, 500. Woo, woo, yeah, so so I went uh 
I went back to practice on Wednesday because they have the patterns out again on Wednesdays. And uh, I was practicing on that pattern, and I, I, I felt like I bowled pretty good on it on Wednesday practicing. I also bowled on the long pattern and used a couple balls that I wouldn't ever consider using on that pattern. And a couple of them looked really good. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just very confused about this place that I bowl in. And I also feel like who you bowl on these pairs uh, greatly impacts uh, what, what, you know, what happens on the lanes and how they break down and how they're going to play. And I go in with a game plan that, that is based off of what happened the last time I bowled on this pattern. Yeah, I know. I probably should have, uh, and, and yeah, that, fans that, never forget. that fans game never plan forget. turns out to be wrong. And yeah, then that's how that happens. But listen, flame me all you want, flame me all you want. Because if you were watching, see, Rob doesn't have flow bowling anymore, but if he did and he was watching the World Series of Bowling, he would have saw that there's professional bowlers out there bowling sub-100 games, okay? So flame me all you want. When they're tough, they're tough. If you don't bowl on the tough, you have no right to say anything, okay? Uh, Mr. X, I don't know. Honestly, I wasn't. It was a big match for us on Tuesday, too, so I bowled terribly. I went... This this describes my night. In the first game, it was a tight game. I got a double in the seventh, sixth, and seventh frame. I got a double, first double of the night. I get up in the eighth frame. I go three, four, six, seven. Okay. Okay. Three, four, six, seven. Thought it was a good shot. Yeah. All hooks are a little bit early. Three, four, six, seven. I get up in the ninth frame. I throw the same exact shot, three, four, six, seven. Same thing. So, like, that's – I'm throwing it consistently, and I'm repeating what I'm doing. It's just what I'm doing is wrong a lot of the time. So, yeah, that, and then in the last game, I get up in the 10th frame, 8th frame, ball doesn't hook on this lane. So I'm like, oh, let me slow down a little bit, really make sure I get it. I do, and I go big through big four through the face to lose the third game as well. So I went open, open, eighth and ninth first game to lose the game, open in the tenth last game. And on top of all this, and I'm not going to talk too much about this. Don't ask me questions about this, all right? I have a teammate who's, who is, is getting hammered while we bowl. Like, oh, well, hammered. if I was – if I was you, maybe I, I would have probably got hammer two bone four ninety. You probably oh, gee, would bowl I, better. I have a long drive home, so I would I would not I would not advise that for me. But it's just I'm not the drinking type when I bowl. In fact, when I bowl league with people, I also I often tell them like, listen, I'm not I'm not really about the drinking while we bowl. If you want to have a couple beers in the third game, I'm totally fine with that. But yeah, it's uh it's rough. It's rough. It's it's rough going right now. But we're bowling. We're we're in first place. We won. We 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 won the league night. We went five and four because we won dude, one game in totals and lost the dude, other two games. Dude, what's better than you bowling four ninety and winning? That's like the winning. dream. I'm like, That's I don't the know. Dream. I, I, That's the I, I dream of every handicap bowler out there right I now. Know. All right, Seriously. all right. So enough, all right, Mike. Enough we got some we got nonsense. Some. We got real news to talk about we here, we and we're gonna kick off the show here uh, with some real news. Maybe some people heard. Maybe some people didn't. There is some controversy in the college bowling world. And, Rob, we love our college bowling. We both bowled in college. We, we, we had a, a college bowling correspondent, Alex Swords, for a while. He graduated, so we haven't had somebody fill in for him. But you and I were both uh, sent a story, saw a story earlier this week uh, about 
I guess an issue, Rob, to me from what I read that boils down to to paperwork, right? Right. Uh, Right. You want to go into more detail or you want to just bring our guest on here? Yeah, no, I mean, really why this kind of hit me close to home and, you know, when this all happened, um, you know, people were were in Facebook. They were messaging me all over the place and tagging me um, because I know how every year – of eligibility when you bowl for college is super important, especially as you're bowling in college, right? This is your life, right? Like I, you know, I was going to class just to bowl. Like I didn't care about like, you know, what uh, everything was about college bowling and I didn't care about class. You know what I mean? And every tournament, you know, let alone if it was, you know, the Hoosier or, you know, St. Louis or sectionals, nationals, you only get to bowl those tournaments once a year and you're only eligible for four years. Right. So when I see something happen where people lose eligibility because of a paperwork error, it, it, it hit close to home because I know how much it will affect these kids that are, are, are bowling and trying to win. Right. So when we heard the story, I reached out to coach uh, Don, Don Griffin, and he kind of broke, broke it down what happened we have him on. We have his assistant coach, um, and I'm going to have them come on, and uh, we're going to talk about what happened. They're going to give their side of the story. I did talk to the USBC today, so I have their like you know official you know statement, which they kind of showed out to everybody. But I kind of want to show both sides of it, and then let the fans and let people you know kind of bring uh, their opinions and what in, in what in how they feel what should go down here. So I'm going to bring them on right now here. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to Sweep the Rack. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So let's start here. Give us your perspective of what happened. Yeah, start from the beginning. Let's let's hear from the beginning. All right. Um, you know, basically uh, every year everybody has to submit their eligibility forms and uh, second semester forms are – you know, do postmarked according to what the uh, eligibility form says, postmarked by Feb 1. Um, and basically, that's the only deadline that's a requirement. Um, our university postmarked our envelope with our eligibility forms in them, took them to the post office and mailed them on the 28th of January. We didn't think anything was funny or, you know, anything going on different than any other year or any other semester when we sent the forms the same way. February 14th, I get a, a phone call from USBC saying that our forms had never arrived. And it's the first word or conversation we'd had in regards to those eligibility forms. So instantly, you know, coach goes into freakout mode. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, where's our forms? What's going on? Start trying to track it down. Um, everything that we had showed that we did you know, I had email communications with my compliance director saying that, you know, we mailed these forms out on the 28th, you know, hand delivered them to the post office. They were mailed. Um, so uh, we continued the process trying to find out what was going on and how we needed to address it. Uh, on the 15th, um, one day later, received a, a an email from USBC Collegiate that said that uh, we were being um, our eligibility was being uh, denied for the second semester and all our PowerPoints were removed and that we were going to be uh, not allowed to participate in the postseason, um, which, you know, is pretty standard policy. It says that right on the bottom of the form. It's what their rules are. And they said that if the forms show up, great. 
we'll go ahead and we'll resubmit the paperwork. We'll get all the you know the points re-updated and reinsert you into the the bracket where you need to be. Um, so they said that there at that point there was also a, a method for appeals. Uh, we went through the appeal process, submitted all the paperwork that we had and the emails that we showed our intent, uh, but still to no avail. They said, you know, no, we're, we're going to deny that that appeal. Um, we continued our investigation, went to the post office to file a, a missing parcel report because, you know, we don't know where our mail is at. We, you know, we thought we mailed it and it went. Um, got a report back from the post office that actually coincidentally on the same day, the 28th of January, when we mailed our form, there was vandalism at the post office branch where we mailed our form, broke into the mailbox, the drop box, destroyed and stole the mail that was in that drop box. Um, and then supplied us with a letter um, stamped from the post office from the branch manager that we were able to then send to USBC to help support our case and our cause. Um, and we included that in our second uh, email uh, for the appeal. And at that point, they basically still said, sorry, we're not going to allow that information to change our decision. Uh, so we kept trying to, to get more information from the post office. And, uh, you know, trying to get more clear evidence, but, uh, you know, basically it kept reverting back to the fact that we couldn't prove that our mail, the, the letter that we had was in the mail that was destroyed. And that was the verbatim that they were using. It's like, if you could prove that your letter was one of the ones that was destroyed, or you could produce the letters postmarked by February 1, we'll resubmit you. Other than that, not a lot we can do. Um, so I guess my first question, and I think a lot of people are asking the same question, is why are we still submitting paperwork over the regular mail at this point? Like, why aren't we submitting through online or, or even email at this point? I, I think one of the, uh, the the rules that they have in, you know, some of the, the universities have what is called the FERPA requirements, you know, for uh, privacy uh, and they need to see the stamp, the actual stamp from the registrar's office. Uh, and I know that that's one of the things, you know, I mean, it's important for, you know, USBC Collegiate, you know, I know how difficult it is with eligibility and making sure that, that you know, they've got a big job on their hands to make sure that all the bowlers are eligible. But, you know, just really the extenuating circumstances with this case really, really, you know, should have warranted different consideration. So, um, we got a question here. What did exactly college bowling? And I think you went into a little bit, but what was their reason for denying um, the, the the appeal? And what exactly did they say? Was it just because you couldn't prove that you guys actually mailed that letter on the 28th? Exactly. You know, um, th that was one of the weird things on, on the form that they send. It just basically says, send the form in, make sure it's postmarked by February 1. Um, there was a, an article that was, uh, part of the Collegiate Buzz, which is a, a, a weekly newsletter that comes out from USBC Collegiate, that says that they recommend that those forms, you know, it's a reminder that we recommend you guys certify these. Well, Mark, our compliance director does not receive that publication, so she didn't see that. And when she took it to the post office, just like she has the last however many years that we've submitted that way, it's never been an issue. Unfortunately, this year it was an issue. And, it, you know, they're their comment even after the fact said that if we had certified it, that may or may not have still been enough to overturn the decision because at that point, now the forms are considered late. 
I mean, I really want to know how how do we control vandalism at a post office? That's really, I don't know what we can do about that, Rob, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I mean, it's really not, I mean, really, like, it, it sounds like this was completely out of your control. And the one thing that I know you, the USBC, when I talked to them today, said that, um, you know, that they should be sending like the Missouri Baptist team should have sent this on certified mail, but that's yeah. not a mandatory requirement, right? It's like, not, it's, not. it's just a recommendation. I mean, if it was mandatory and it said it on the form, you know, if it was something that said, Hey, this is mandatory, send this certified. It's the only way we're going to accept it. Or it's the only way you're going to be protected. We would have sent it certified. You know, we've made a bunch of changes now um, because of this, you know, really what we're looking for is not really, you know, restitution for us, but, you know, we don't want any other team to have to go through this same exactly, situation. Yeah. You know, we want to make sure that, you know, somehow if we can impact some change and, you know, number one in, in how these forms are submitted, you know, maybe trying to help USBC create some form of an electronic portal. You know, USBC bowling is the only form of collegiate activity and athletics that isn't electronic. Don't know why. Mm-hmm. NCAA is, NAI is, USBC? Nope. Don't know why. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Mike, I know you got Do you have any questions, Mike? Because I, I obviously have a few. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, not. it's not really a question. I guess it's more of a statement. Like, am I wrong to say that the USBC just seems really picky and choosy about what they choose to really draw a line in the sand on and, and, and some of the stuff that they they let go in the game of bowling? I don't know. I mean – this seems like such a minute issue to me that could be like very easily resolved with a couple phone calls or emails, and they're going to draw a line in the sand on that. But there's a lot of other issues that we can talk about. Rob, we're going to talk about some of them later in the in the podcast. Not to jump ahead, but uh, that they, you know, they're very unclear on, and they don't they don't really take a strong position one way or the other. Uh, you know, listen, here's so, here's what I look at here is the kids who are going to miss out. You know, Rob, you and I both bowled sectionals all four years, you know, that we bowled. We bowled nationals. You know, you I think you bowled nationals all four years. I bowled once or twice. No, man. Me, me and Bill O'Neill missed it our last year, man. That, that's another okay. sour note. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. All right. Wow. That's kind of crazy to think about. But anyway, uh, I feel bad for the kids. I do. I feel bad for the young men and women that are going to miss out because this is a big opportunity and a big event that you work towards. You know, it's an opportunity to go and bowl nationals, which is a great opportunity as a college bowler. And, you know, obviously there's got to be kids on this team who are seniors who are going to miss out. I saw a comment in the chat earlier from a parent saying that their daughter was in that situation. That's terrible. That's t- I mean, that's just that's just not not a, a good way to, to let a bowler end – their college career. And, you know, my, my perspective here, and Rob, we've had Chad Murphy on, we've talked to him a lot about a lot of these issues, not really this particular issue in college bowling, but a lot of other issues in bowling. And again, I'll say, I don't understand picking an issue like this to draw a line in the sand on and say, no, well, this is the way it is and we can't bend the rules here and that's it. And this is the end of it. I don't know. So here, so here's the thing is when I, I talked to USBC today, um, to be clear, Chad Murphy doesn't have the ability to over or or pretty much change the rules on what he feels is fit. Like, so he can't just say, "Well, they should bowl, let them bowl," and then kind of just throw everything else out the window. Like, that's right. not that's how the it same works. thing they told us too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So my whole thing here is – I'll be honest. I don't know if I believe that. Here's the thing is, is I look, I, I mean, maybe I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of do, but my whole thing is there's a human element here, right? Like even when someone breaks the law in this country and they go in front of a judge, there is a human element when a judge is throwing a sentence out, right? If I accidentally kill somebody and I don't have a history of doing it, the judge is going to take that into consideration, right? If the university has a history of playing by the rules, never had this problem before, whatever, a clean slate, clean history, and there was a act of vandalism at the post office, there's got to be some kind of human element and compassion with, with, from the USBC in this issue, right? Now, when I brought that up, because I did on my conversation, they kind of threw it at me where it's like, well, what about the other teams that followed the rules? And what about the other teams that, you know, you know, had their paperwork in, um, what do we tell them? And, you know, my argument to that, Mike, was if I, as a team, if I earn my right into the national championship, the other teams would probably understand, say, you know what, there was an issue with the post office, you know, they deserve to go bowl. I, I'm going to, I get it, right? Like, uh, you know, they deserve it. They earned it. They should be able to bowl. I think all the other teams would understand that. But for, you know, for them just to say, you know what, the paperwork wasn't in on time. How do we know if they mailed it at the right day? Um, you know, they're questioning the integrity of the, you know, the, the, the their their program, saying they're lying about it. They never did it. Um, I, I just feel like it is just not it's not correct and it's not right. And I I've heard all parties to this and I'm going to side with, you know, Missouri Baptist here. Like, I think they earned it they deserve it and they should bowl there has to there i mean in terms of the rule change piece there has to be a precedent for anything right there's always a situation that arises somewhere with any rule that has changed ever in the history of rules where you say well this is the precedent to change this rule right and we're going to make that decision here and i you know given the circumstances of this this uh you know this event and again let me be clear, like, if it was just a coach who didn't take care of things and was late with the paperwork, all right, well, listen, you know, I mean, that's the coach's responsibility. But, again, there, there's more uh, levels to the story here, right? So, uh, I don't know. To me, this seems, Rob, I agree with you, it seems like this would be a good situation, not only with the logistics of the situation here, but also from the PR perspective that I see people mentioning in the chat a lot, and I agree, like people are already ultra pissed off at the USBC for everything. Why not do something good that you could, you know, that people might might carry some favor with people out there? Now nah, we're going to draw a line in the sand and go the other way. So, so I, I you know, I don't know. I, I just think that if they, if there's a situation that deserves the precedent to change this rule, this is this is probably one of those situations. Um, so real quick uh, before we kind of let you guys go, um, I know you guys started a uh, petition online, right? And I, I really want you to kind of go in where where can people go in and sign this petition, um, you know, and at least try to start some change. Or, Don, like, what's the next steps here? Like, what do you want to see change? What do you want to, like, I guess, get out of all of this, I guess, unwanted publicity now that you guys are getting? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, one of the things that it was kind of neat this morning on the bus ride, we're coming up to bowl the sectionals. And, you know, it's a little bit confusing, too. We're still eligible to bowl the sectionals portion, 
but we can't both team the singles portion, portion yeah. of sexuals. So wait, wait, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so you guys are still there bowling the singles right now, but yeah, you can't yeah. bowl team. We just got here tonight. We bowl singles tomorrow. Yeah. Wait. So is the, entering the singles competition different than entering the team? Yes. yes. Sing, singles is an in, is basically a, a, an individual tournament that all the teams are eligible to send members, whether they qualified for the ITC or not. Right. So okay. we're able to bowl the singles. Right. We had already planned to come up. You know, sure. earlier in the conversation when I was talking to USBC Collegiate, um, they said that if everything came through and we were reinstated, that we would be located in Addison. Uh, so that was where we signed our athletes up for singles, hoping that something would change and we would still be here for the weekend to bowl the team event. Um, right. So, you know, on the way up here, a couple of my girls uh, decided that they thought uh, it would be a really good idea to to sign and create a petition on change.org. And it's under Missouri, Uni Missouri Baptist University Bowling Sectionals. Um, and within like four hours, we got like 1,600 signatures on the petition. And yeah, really we... All we're trying to do is really just try and promote some change in the process and, and, you know, somehow figure out a way to, you know, either update this whole uh, eligibility uh, requirement and, and, and the method used to file the eligibilities. Um, it should be in the 21st century, you know, it was not 1962, it's 2022. Um, you know, it's got to be better than what it is for all the future athletes. You know, we don't want any other teams or coaches or, you know, programs to have to go through the same thing we're going through. Like, Rob, I talked to you a little bit about this earlier today. It's it's real easy as a coach to try and explain tough losses, you know, when you're talking with your team. It's really easy to sit down and talk about injuries when we get kids that get injured and can't finish the season or, you know, they become ineligible because of grades. This is one of these things – it's sitting in the coaching manual, man. I don't know how to explain this to my kids or, or their parents. Yeah. yeah, it just hurts that we, we can't fix this. And these kids, I mean, they, they worked so hard for us and just the program, the university this year. We finished – we had one of the best finishes we've had in a long time. Since 2009. And to take the postseason away from them, I mean, it's just terrible. It really is. So. Yeah, interestingly, guys, I coached high school for a while. I'm actually the uh, the goat of high school, oh, New Jersey high school bowling coaches, uh, if you don't know that. But um, so I coached New Jersey high school bowling for a while, and uh, we I, we actually had a lot of, a, a season's worth of wins taken away from us over an eligibility issue that was very similar. It was just a paperwork issue. Somebody was supposed to submit – the athletic director was supposed to submit some paperwork that he didn't, and it came back on us later. And, yeah, I had to go through something similar, and I agree with you. It's not it's not a very easy thing to come to terms with or explain. I also want to say, you know, really shitty of the USBC to say, oh, yeah, well, you can come and still bowl the singles but not the team. Like, imagine, Rob, the mental aspect that, you know, the, 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 the folks on this team are dealing with trying to go in and bowl the singles now tomorrow – when you know they're 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 dealing with this issue, I mean that that doesn't put you in uh in a, so, in, a in a great frame of mind either. Yeah, it was no, kind of crazy. Can, you know, when we got the information, it was you know February fourteenth is when we got the information, which was the weekend before the Hoosier, and the weekend after that was our conference championship for NAI. So still trying to get these athletes who think real good possibility our season, you know, the finals for our season are, are going to be taken away from us, and we still got to go compete for our two big tournaments of the year. Tough. Okay. Let me ask this other question. 
Yep. Because I think this is just in the terms of the whole situation here, being that the sectional starts Saturday. I'll be honest, I wish we would have got word of this story earlier. And, you know, we, we, we you know, obviously would have worked with you guys a little bit earlier and, uh, and, and more deeply to try and get this resolved. But uh, here's my question. Did they, did they, ha- did the USBC have a team replace you at this sectional competition? Or, like, is there another team that, that's there now who wasn't going to be there that's there that's expecting to bowl? Uh, yes, they they did uh, have another another team in there, but um, from what they told us, if they did overturn the decision, then they would just add us as another team. So that other team that they added after the fact wouldn't be penalized. okay. They could okay. So all right. Okay. All right. So listen, I'm glad I'm glad you had an answer for me there. Listen, yeah. Rob, I'm going to talk right to Chad Murphy on this show right now. All right. Oh God. Chad. No. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Chad, Chad you got to get Mike's number because he's going to call me. You got to call Mike tomorrow because get my number from Rob if you need it, Chad. <laughs> Just don't call me before three thirty. Chad, come on, man, get this done. Get this done. Let's get 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 some good PR for the USBC. This was an honest, honest, you know, no fault of these kids or coaches situation, right? Do the right thing here. No other team is going to be penalized if this team bowls, okay? Let them both bowl. You know, let these kids get the opportunity that they deserve to get. It's the right thing to do here. You know, I'm going to leave it at that. Rob, you want to add anything? I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. There's got to be some human element here. There's, there was zero control out of it. And you're going to penalize a whole bowling program because essentially they didn't certify a letter that in regards to living – in the 1980s here, we're still mailing letters when they could have easily probably have faxed, scanned it, took a picture of your phone, sent it to an email, and had it sent over in literally 30 seconds. Maybe they would have been better off having a raven take it over to the U.S. Maybe an owl. Maybe they wouldn't have had to worry about, worry about vandalism at the post office. Yeah, look. They like, could have trained a pigeon to fly over to the USBC. I mean, come on. We'll fly really? all your really? I'll tell you what. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You guys I I, 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 I even I hate hearing about now. stuff like this. Yeah. I do like I said, yeah. it's a, considering the grand scheme of things here, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know what? It, it kind of reminds me of like when you read nonsense about the NCAA. You know, like I'll read stories about where the NCAA penalized a kid because someone gave him two dollars for a cheeseburger when he was broke and hungry. Like, that's just terrible. It's just the wrong decision, period. It doesn't matter what what the rules say. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And and sometimes it comes down to that. Yeah. So that's really anyway. Um look guys, listen, we hope it works out. I hope they see this. I hope they get word of the of the uh the the go there the the um I was gonna say GoFundMe geez, the change.org. I saw people posting in the chat. Rob put it up here. Guys, go. People who are listening to this, go sign it. All right, check it out. Try and help these guys. I w- I know we don't have a ton of time here. And like I said, I wish we did have more time to get involved and help and, and try and help you guys out. But you know, we're sorry to hear about this. Uh good luck to your bowlers in the sing I hope the whole team makes the cut at the singles. I hope they run the singles. Okay. Sweep the rack is behind them in the same All right. show. There you go, man. We appreciate yeah. the opportunity, guys. Thanks, guys. You know, thanks for reaching out and, and you know, just com- get, letting us get our voice heard. Yep. And that's really all it's about. You know, we, we really just want to impact some kind of change. You know, even if it doesn't work out for us this year, you know, just being able to help 
prevent it from happening to somebody else is going to make it a little bit better. Yeah, let's, let's get this let, online. Yeah, I agree. Let's I get agree. this. Let's get this process online, Mike. Let's get. Yeah. Let's, let's. It's 2022, man. Agreed. I mean, come on. Like, all right. Agreed. Guys, thanks for joining right, us. We, we appreciate, appreciate it. it. Good luck at the singles. Good luck in your other events. And uh, we're we're going to keep an eye out. Obviously, we'll update the people on social media and let them know uh, let them know where things go. But good luck. We appreciate nice it, man. Yes, thanks so much, guys. All right, take it easy. All right, Rob. We love the college bowling, Rob. Always, you know. Yeah, Sorry, we don't love like, stories like that, though. We don't, but we love the college bowlers. Yes, you know, yes. we love oh, the college I mean, bowlers. We love the college bowling. We both have a background in college bowling, and you know, we we can easily put ourselves in the shoes of of these bowlers, right? No pun intended. You know, and but. it's very, it was very on the white, like when I talked to the USBC. Meaning, like, just to get a, an idea of how my conversation was, you know, it was a very like, look, these were the rules. The form didn't come in when it was supposed to. The rule is clearly defined in the rules that they will not be allowed to bowl. And it was just very like on the white, right? Like it was very like the rules were broken so that they were penalized. And my whole thing was, I get that. I understand. But there has to be some kind of exception or human element, right? Which we talked about. Especially, Especially if there's really no issues there. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, if, if yeah. there's no issues of eligibility or otherwise, then then what's the problem? You know, Look, I, I, here's I don't the know. thing is, and that's the thing is, like, uh, an important point you brought up is they were talking about, um, and I, what I my conversation was today was like, well, it'll be unfair to the other teams, but like, what you said it, you said it loud and clear, Mike, it, it's not hurting any of the other teams if they do would to add them to the roster, right? Like there is no teams that are going to be not allowed to bowl because they're allowed to bowl. So in right. reality, where is it hurt? Ultimately, they're getting penalized because they didn't certify a letter. Right. Like a right. whole that, team. That's why I asked. Banned. I know that's why I asked that question. Because if it was a situation where now you invited another team who otherwise wouldn't have been of that competition, right. and you're then now going to knock that team out, I got to be honest, and I would have said this with with the coaches here, sure. like. I can't argue for them to get in at that point. I right. can't because I'm not going to punish that other right. team. Right. But, Rob, you're right. The fact that it, you wouldn't even have to knock anybody else out, what does it matter? I, no, I don't I don't know. No, the whole thing is, is you know, look, like I, I understand the USBC. I, I understand the USBC has rules and they have to govern them, whatever they do, and that's what they're – that's what their main purpose is, is to have rules in the government. Yeah, but, but is like it, Rob? Law, no, no, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say because – yeah, you're right. It, their 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 purpose is to govern. But Rob, have they governed lane conditions over the last 30, oh, 35 years? Has they, have they have they <laughs> governed nine hundreds that have been pre bowled in certain situations? Have they governed Dude. bowling balls and the development of bowling balls? I mean, we're we're Allen Iverson talking about urethane here when there's monster Mike. balls out there. I mean, really, Mike. like, don't even go there. Don't, no, no, don't no, no, even no. go there about – no, I'm not talking just, to you. I'm talking in general. I'm just saying don't even go there about, oh, well, it's their job to enforce the rules. No, no. It's their job to pick and choose what rules they want to enforce. Well, here's my – this was my point, though, right, is there are judges in this country that are governing rules and laws in this country that show human compassion and discretion when someone is in front of them, right? I watched this guy on YouTube. He's from, like, Rhode Island. 
dude, he, he's the most compassionate judge I've ever seen. These people have so many sad stories, man. They're living life. They're sick. They're hurt. And they have a speeding ticket. And the people come and they say, yes, I, I, I sped. I'm sorry. And the judge is throwing out the ticket, right? I, like, I, I know. I've seen this too. It's a good show. Yeah. It's a well, very I'm, uplifting show. All I'm saying show. is you have the USBC that's saying, well, rules are rules and they have to be governed. And, you know, it, it'll be chaos if we're not governing them. But in reality, like, yo, there's some compassion here, man. Like, you got to show these these kids that are bowling that can't bowl that are going to be there, Mike, and they can't bowl. Personally, now, I'm going to get a little crazy here. If that was me and it was a Saginaw Valley and we were bowling singles and we weren't allowed to bowl the team, dude, we would be at the team event absolutely hammered, heckling, <laughs> yeah, no. heckling everybody. Don't, 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 don't promote that. Don't promote that. Oh, goodness. We would be though, Mike. You know our team. You knew our team. I hear we, you. I hear Mike, you. If that was Saint, if that was Saint Peter's, and it was you, Dunleavy, and Stoneman, and you guys couldn't bowl team, and you were there, what, what would you guys have caused? If we couldn't bowl, no one would have bowled. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right, I'm just You're saying. Lucky. If we couldn't bowl, no one would have bowled. I don't know. I, and uh, by the way, I can't believe you brought up Robert Mushtare. I, 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 I can't believe you brought. Yo, that up. I'm going there, Rob. I'm going there because I'm. <laughs> I, you know, I see, I see the hypocrisy in, in this, and, and there is hypocrisy in this. You know, it's, uh, it, 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 I don't, you know, the, the honestly, the hypocrisy to me is so loud, it's deafening. It's like, come on, we're gonna, we're gonna draw the line in the sand on college kids with paperwork. That's where we're gonna draw. We're not gonna draw the line in the sand on fraudulent ass lane conditions, fraudulent ass lane conditions where everybody in the world, where there's so many honor scores, we can't even give out awards for them anymore. But we're going to draw the line on college bowlers with paperwork. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I got to be honest with you there. You know, also, Uh, I don't know, like what happened to the, to the, to the, uh, the sense in the bowling community, even in the, even in college bowling, I'll just, I'll just show up and bowl. You know what I'm saying? Just show right. up and bowl like this and that and the other thing. I understand the eligibility and whatnot, but you know, just show up and bowl. My goodness! All right, Rob, I would. We'll talk about this all night, right? So, so yeah, we're yeah. we're gonna keep it moving. Uh, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go here? Well, we got to talk about the, if we're you know you're. I mean, we got to talk about the USBC. Hey, we're still on the USBC. Do you want to go into the Purple Hammer Band? I would love to talk about that. I've been itching all night. Or do you want to do the review of the show, then get in? Let's do the review of the show. All right. All right. Let's do our rundown of the double show. Okay. PBA Roth, home and doubles. Mike. I mean, really, I mean. Let's run the ladder. Think, let's run the ladder. Let's run the ladder. Well, the, the ladder did get run. It did. It did, right? Um. So, look, like, okay, before we get into this rundown of the ladder, I'm going to vent here a little bit. I hated the fact on this show that every each pro was allowed to stay on one lane the whole show. Okay, that drove me nuts. Okay? Because Marshall Ken had the left lane figured out and EJ Tackett had the right lane figured out. The right lane was a tougher lane, right? It was obvious. It would have been a whole different show, Mike, if EJ Tackett had a bowl on the left and right lane. Okay? I'll be honest with you. I, EJ Tackett's a top five bowl in the world right now. He's bowling like a top three bowl in the world. If he would have had been bowling on the left lane, I think that they would have struggled a little bit. I think I don't think EJ Tackett would have had a good look on the left lane. Now, I could get a lot of heat for that opinion, but 
it was a perfect setup for them. EJ Tackett was able to hook the whole lane on the right lane, and Marshall Kent was able to square up his angles and go through the front part of the lane on the left lane. And they they showed it. There was there wasn't. I don't think there was maybe one or two matches that were really close, right? I mean, I could go game by game through the standings, but in yeah, reality, let's, let, let, let's do it. Let's do it. And okay. and I, I hear you. I hear you on the hypothetical of what would happen if they had the bowl on both lanes. But I mean, Rob, that's not the format. The format is they bowl on one lane. I mean, you know, you, Mike, I'm I'm okay with Come it. On. I'm okay with it. I think that regardless of what you do, whether you bowl on one lane or you bowl on both, it presents strategy on both sides. Like if you're gonna bowl, if you're just bowling on one lane, you better break that down that lane down correctly, and you better stay on top of the moves on that lane, or else half your team is in trouble. But if you're bowling on both lanes, you might change your strategy, you know, and and do something a Look, little less complicated. But I'm doing what we do great here. I'm speculating. My speculation and my opinion is if Tackett was able, it was forced to bowl in the left lane, and Marshall was able to bowl in the right lane. I think it would have been a lot different of a show. Okay. That's just speculating. That's what I do. That's what we do here at Sweep the Rack. Sweep so the first rack. match. Speculation. Speculation. First match, uh, Kent Tackett defeats Smallwood Sterner, 247-173. I mean, look, like. Sterner struggled. Smallwood Smallwood bowled, bowled great. I thought his yeah, look. Yeah, but Smallwood was on the easy lane, and, and Sterner was bowling on the tough lane. Mike, this is where, like, dude, somebody put up on a social media, okay. oh, Tackett was on it was the best show of his career he was on fire whatever it was i'm like dude no he was only bowling on one lane the whole show that he easily had figured out because it, he was able to stand left and throw it right okay anyway okay next match marshall cat ej attack defeat ogle rash 279 and 244 probably good the best match. match of the best match that was of the good night, match right yeah it was really i mean look what it is what it is they, uh, you know, can attack it, miss once, you know. And I think Randy Peterson had a great point though. When you're watching the show, is the left lane was the key to the to the night, right? What team could figure out the left lane was going to win? Okay, obviously Marshall Kent had it figured out. Kudos to well, Marshall Kent, by the way. I think that not, was his best show. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, except for the final match, because well, when didn't didn't Oscu bowl on the right lane? Dude, let's talk about Oscu for a sec, okay? <laughs> let's talk about Oscu for a sec, okay? What in the world was this guy thinking, okay? He has the most power and the most rev rate out of anybody on that show. But he's trying to force a urethane, and he's playing two arrows right of VJ Tackett. Who's when, there's been, when there's been four matches bold, no, wait, yeah, three matches bold on that pair already. So there's been... Six different players who have already bowled on that lane and thrown shots on that lane in those three matches. And yeah, yo, I, I agree. That was like, that was one of the stranger and, uh, you know, odder decisions that I have seen in quite a while, honestly. I expected Dude. him to come out and just try and out EJ Ooh. Tackett, right? Just, just do the Oscu version of EJ Tackett where. He's left and and buzzsaw on it and just I mean that guy, man, he's got unbelievable you know just rev rate power speed like I I, I will never understand why he didn't I mean his spare shooting traditionally has been terrible but I will struggle to understand for a long time 
why he hasn't had more success. But I thought that was kind of the key to this whole show. I felt like if Oscar would have done something different, you know, Jacob and and him may definitely would have had a better chance to win, and maybe they they come out. Although EJ and Marshall did bowl really good in that last game. You know, in the last two games, like you mentioned before, they shot two seventy nine. Uh, so they bowled really good in both of those but two Mike, last games. So I don't know if it would have made a difference or not, but, but Mike, you know, he definitely shut them out by using that ball. Look, okay, Oscar, I could talk for an hour about Oscar's bad decision, okay? There's a reason why you only probably see him once in a while on the show, right? Now that could bring whatever it is, right? But it's shocking. It's kind of handcuffed. Shocking. He's using the urethane. That was a complete handcuff for him. Like, he, you know, dude, move left, stand right, use your two-handed, use your power, get on top of EJ Tackett, use a performance, get rid of the urethane, man. It's seriously, like, I don't, I don't care what you did all week, okay? How much of an advantage was... Marshall Cannon, EJ Tackett, able to stay on one lane for the whole show. And the more they kept bowling matches, the more comfortable they got on that lane. And I can't stress this enough how much of an advantage that was. Literally, they bowled how many games already by the time they got to the championship match. And Mark EJ was just playing on standing on. Dude, these guys are the best in the world, and they're really bowling on one lane for the whole show. Like, I don't know. I thought that that was a huge, huge advantage for, for Kent Tackett. They defeat Archer Maldonado, 245 to 192, um, to, you know, to win. I, I felt really good for Marshall Kent. Okay, I did. Um, you know, he was really emotional. Hasn't won a lot lately. Father passed away, right? Was dealing with a lot of that um, emotions. Made a switch to big bowling. Right, hasn't really had a lot of success. And, and Jimmy from the Ringing Ten mentioning in the chat that the show was actually the first time that Marshall threw big bowling for the week, and you know, right. yeah, impressive. You know, throwing big yeah. bowling, bowling on that tough lane, playing them differently. Like you said, hasn't won in a while. But they, they and and there was another, there was another comment. I don't know if you could throw this up, Rob. I don't well, I want to throw this real quick. Up. But Kevin, Kevin Tade, Ke- yeah, Kevin Tade. Uh, saying it was the best show of the year, the guys were showing a lot more emotion when they only had to throw one shot. I agree, and I think that that um, EJ and Marshall definitely fed off of each other. But go ahead, Rob. Scotch they doubles, did. you want to see it? Scotch doubles, or there is a way where you could you have right, you have two bowlers, and each of them have to bowl two frames on each lane, and then one person maybe finishes on a a, a, a tenth frame, right? So you could go two ways. You could go scotch doubles. Or you can go where every bowler is forced to bowl two frames on each lane, and then a ten frame would be whatever the, the they would finish up on, right? Whatever. They or like the ninth and tenth frame maybe would alternate. Something whatever. Like it they is, go they one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then they alternate and one bowls nine, one bowls right. ten. Right. Or you just don't do a dual pattern. You just put it all in the tough lane. The, the only my only lane. problem I like that suggestion, but. That would be a long time between shots for the other player. Like you're talking about two right. shots from your guy plus two shots from the other guy, and now it's your turn to get up. Look, I, I don't think maybe just get rid of the dual pattern. Make it all tough. Make it all in the tough lane. Make the whole tournament in the tough lane. Who says it has to be a dual pattern, right? Like I feel like the dual pattern kind of was a huge advantage for Kent and Tackett here because they started on the lanes and – Marshall was able to get really comfortable on the tough lane 
had a good reaction. So, look, kudos to Marshall Kent. I really feel like Marshall Kent was the reason why they won that show because of the fact where he was able to hit that left lane, right? So, you know, look, it was a good show. They were allowed to show a lot of emotion. I feel like because of the fact where you said where they had time between shots to con calm themselves down. Um, anyway, good show, Mike. But we have to run down our awards here. All right, let's give it. our rundown. I'm going to transition right in with the conversation of Mar Marshall Kent. And, and, folks, if you're participating with us here, let us know who your awards are. Uh, I'm going to give Milk Carton to Marshall Kent. I'm giving Milk Carton to Marshall Kent because it had been a while. It had been a while since he won. It had been a while since we had seen him bowl well on TV. So I give I give the uh, the Milk Carton to Marshall Kent. So I'm giving the annual every year for this tournament Milk Carton Award to Matt Ogle. Good choice. Good choice. My guy every year is on the show at the double servant. You don't see Good him choice. the rest of the year. I mean – Dude, he you know what it probably show. is? It's probably because he bowls with Rash. And, and you know, Sean, friend of the show, definitely likes Sean. But I got to be honest, Sean seems like kind of a scary guy to bowl doubles with a little bit. Like, he seems like the type of guy that if you don't, if you don't hold your weight in the doubles, like, he's definitely not going to be real pleased with you. You definitely ain't going out to dinner that night if you didn't hold no. your weight in the doubles what? with Sean Rash. You know, look, look, now look, bowling I, I, some bowling with someone like Tom Smallwood, like I feel like whether I bowl good or I bowl bad, me and Tom we're gonna go grab a burger and a beer after. If I bowl bad, he's probably gonna tell me, "Yeah, shake it off. It's cool, Hoss." Look, I don't get look, that look, vibe from Rash, so I nah, think it steps over. You're game wrong. Up. You're wrong. Okay, All I right. bowled against I bowled against Sean Rash for three years when he bowled for Wichita State. Okay, I saw firsthand on how much of a teammate Sean Rash is. Okay, Sean Rash is a great teammate. Okay, you couldn't bowl at Wichita under Gordon Vatican if you weren't a good teammate. Okay, they let alone if you were a solo guy, you were forced to be a teammate bowling at Wichita State. It's like Bill Belichick. Okay, Bill Belichick forces these guys to be, you know, one team, one dream mentality. Sean Rash was a great teammate. I would watch him. He was very positive. He was trying to help. Like the, yeah, but that know, was man, college don't... bowling, Sean Rash. That's not PBA future PBA Hall of Famer, Sean Rash. You, feel, uh, you feel don't like, feel me on that, dude? Rash no? gets a bad. Rash gets a bad. Um, you know, I mean, all the stuff he's oh, done. It, obviously, it's, it's, he has it's a real probably, bad. Um, it's one hundred percent perception. It's one hundred percent perception. No question. But yeah, I'm just saying. You know, anyway, that, so Mill Carter, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna assign it to that. All right, great. Okay. Uh, you know who we you know who you, you like we got all right yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna award him something else so I'll bring it up okay. then all right uh spare shooter spare shooter I'm giving it I'm giving it to Asku not not because he missed spares but because he made them because like he never makes spares and he actually made spares and they they bowled well. Dude, that's so funny because that's why I gave the award to Jacob Butchrift this week. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, good pick. Good Dude, pick. It's a first Very show. I pick. don't think he's ever missed a spare. So Very good. And he left a couple seven pins, too. I was waiting. I was no. like, uh, here comes one. That's team spare shooter right there. That's that is Buttriff, right? And and Oscar, team spare shooter. That's pretty much Yeah, it is. By the way, yeah, you know, you're some so funny? right about that. Yo, they are team funny. spare shooter. So I saw a picture of Buttriff and um Oscar together. And they reminded me of Burton Ernie from Sesame Street. 
Because like, <laughs> dude, Oscar looks like Bert and Buttrip looks like Ernie, right? They got the hair and everything, right? Oh, I, I was gonna do a side by side because I thought it was hilarious, but Kevin I'm sure Jimmy is already. I'm sure Jimmy is already conjuring <laughs> something up with that. Uh, Kevin Tate in the chat saying DJ Archer for spare shooter. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh, a yeah. good choice, that's Kevin. A good choice, he 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 definitely made some tough ones up there. I, I agree he with did. that. That's a good. That's he a did. really good observation. He's All under right, the radar. Uh, great spare shooter, though, DJ Archer. He's under the radar. Agreed. Very good spare agreed. Shooter. All right. See. Uh, see you, Hoss. I see you, Hoss. My I see you, Hoss. I, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Goes to Santu Tavana Vieni. Santu, I see you, Hoss. I see you, Hoss, out there carrying Brian Robinson. Carrying him. This guy averaged like 234. I think he was the first or second highest average in the entire field. His partner was only like 216 or something like that. And uh, yeah, I see you, Hoss. You know who I see? Tim Mack and AJ Johnson. Dude, back to back 300s. That's no joke on, on, on those challenging conditions. Um, and then to see Timmy, I think he finished both games. You know, shooting the 300. I could be wrong there, but dude, they got a lot of publicity. It's great to see Timmy bowling and bowling well on that fact. I really wanted to see Team Hype on the show because that's what I named them, Team Hype. Dude, they right, well, been real hype. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to go right into our next one. I'm going riding with Tim Mack and AJ Johnson. Now, I know uh, there's no ride to the next event because we're at the World Series of Bowling. So it's a short commute probably to wherever you're staying and then back to the bowl. But I don't care. I'm taking that short ride with Tim Mack and A.J. Johnson because I want to ride in the car of Team Hype. I just want to get that experience in, especially after that block where they started out 300-300. I know things didn't go their way, but, man, I would have loved to have ridden in the car with them to lunch it back real quick. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, yeah, that would have been awesome. I would have loved to just stay with them all week, Mike. Timmy and A.J., dude, oh, that would have been awesome. We'd have been lifting in the morning, bowling in the afternoon. Timmy, what have been doing push-ups with Timmy? It would have been great. Um, ride with me. Uh, well, we're doing ride with me right here, or are we doing not yep. ride with me? Ride with ride me. With me. I, I I gotta ride with Marshall Cat, man. Okay. Yeah, no, man. I mean, choice. look, like I normally don't pick the 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 lead, the champions here, but all the, you know what I said before with his father passing away and him not winning in a really long time and the big bowling switch and all that, dude. I I really feel like that would have been an amazing ride. Um, with with Marshall and uh. You know, he's, he's such a – we had previous guest, Marshall Kent, great kid, man. Lo, you know, love his attitude. Love his fire, too. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big Marshall Kent fan. I, I want to see him start making more shows. Um, Not ride with me. I don't want to ride with Oscar, dude. I don't, I'm gonna, no, I'm, no. I'm piling on Oscar tonight, man. Like, oh, my goodness. Yo, what are you thinking, bro? What are you thinking? I would have been yelling at him in the car. You think he's, you know, like, regretting it the whole ride home? Yeah, dude, you know, you know, Buster ain't gonna say nothing to him. But if that was me, oh, no. I'd have been like, "Dude, what the hell are you thinking? You couldn't strike on the easy lane? Come on, man, that's a come on, man moment. Come <laughs> on, man." All right, my not riding with is Norm Duke and Wes Malott. Norm Duke and Wes Malott oh, usually, yeah. usually dominant in this event. Usually, mm. like book them, book them, yeah. book them in, book them in the finals, book them in the match play. Maybe maybe making a run to the TV show. Yo, forty third out of forty eight this week. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not taking the. You know, neither of those guys strike me as the type that's going to be real Team happy senior. when they didn't bowl good. 
So I don't know. Man. I'm a lot, not a lot, uh, of, a lot of Advil going on there. That's for uh, yeah, sure. and um, I imagine like downbeat country music being played on that ride where they're very melancholy and they're very upset with the way they bowled and there's like down downplayed country music playing and uh i'm gonna take my brother dave's comment here i'm not riding with bill belmo no scratch belmo i'm not riding with bill this week i'm saying yo, yo i'm staying 20 feet away from my man, dude. Bill, I'm not, I'm not even going near Bill this week. Okay? Well, Rob. Well, Bill Rob. Not a happy camper. Rob, that brings me to our next category. <laughs> oh, no. And that category dumpster is the dumpster diving gold medal. Oh, and, God. Rob, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, might get, this might get me blocked. Okay? I'm giving the dumpster diving gold medal to our boy. Oh, this week, man. I am. Uh, and, and listen, I gotta say it. I gotta say it. Belmo averaged like two thirty-five, uh, and Bill man. had the lowest average out of anybody in the match play after the match play was over. So uh, I gotta do it. I mean, I'm sorry. Hey, I, I looked over it. I only had one more choice, and it was a, it was too obvious a choice. I'm sorry. If it gets me blocked because he, I also want to say, he, you had bowling balls sent to you, and I didn't have any bowling balls sent to me. All right, so if you want to attribute this to the the lack of equipment showing up at my doorstep, feel free to do that. All right, but dumpster diving gold medal, I give it to our homie. Hey man, by the way, Bill, if you're listening, I didn't have anything to do with that dumpster diving, man. I love you, kid. Yo, keep the equipment coming, bro. Keep it coming, man. I love he's you. not listening. He's not listening. He's I know not, he's not that's listening. why I'm giving it to him. He's he not listening. listening. Uh, um, so my dumpster diving award goes to uh I don't know this person, but uh he was the only person out of the 96 bowlers not to average 200. Uh my man Tom Grendel um averaged 198. Rough, you know, tough, tough, tough break for Tom Grendel. I know, I think his partner averaged really high from what I remember seeing numbers, but you know, it's hey, got to man, it's got to be somewhat of a surreal experience to like bowl a PBA tournament and average like you know whatever, well below the the field average. Okay, whether that's you know, one. Go ahead. The reason why Mike uh, Charles Reeves getting real patch private rhymes to Mike over not getting bowling balls. Yo, Yo, the reason why Mike Mike is like a yeah. wannabe patch pirate. Mike wants to be a patch pirate, but unfortunately, Wrong. unfortunately, no pirates want want him on their ship. So you know, he's just, I don't. I don't want to be a patch pirate. I really just don't want to pay for all my bowling equipment. I don't want to be a patch pirate. I just want some hookups. That's all. Come on, hook me up, yo, Charles. I Charles. That's a fair comment, though, Charles. I give you that. I, I love uh, it. Uh, I forget. I forget where I was going yeah. now. What? What? The, uh, what? What had you just said? You just. Oh, it must be a surreal experience to average like way lower than the field average at a PBA event, and say you average like one seventy. You bowl your block. You get done, and you go up and you check the scoreboard, and you see like the first four or five guys are averaging like two forty or better, and and you just got to be like, what? Like I just Dude. struggled so bad. I'm averaging 170, and these guys are oh. averaging 240 or 250. Like it's gotta Mike, be wild. One year I bowled the World Series of Bowling, and I think that my first three games I was like 590. I was like minus 10, 
And I'm like, man, I struggled. They're tough, man. I, my reaction is terrible. And then I looked at the scores, and Rash and Belmo both bowled 800 their first three. 800, Mike. <laughs> I'm like sitting going, I don't even have a little 220 look, let alone a 210 look. And I, I, I can't imagine the scores being really high. And it's like 800, 800, 780, 770, 760. Yep. I'm like, good That's Lord, like. How good are these people? Like, you don't realize it until you bowl a national event, honestly. That's what I'm saying. All right. Um, Rob, we're going to transition into our next topic tonight. We're going into overtime for the people, no question. And, Rob, I got to say, you know, I don't I don't really hype up what we do here too much. But to me, I feel like we're, we're, we're breaking some news here in the bowling community tonight that I'm aware of, all right? I don't – I don't – I am not aware of this being talked about anywhere else. Okay, and Rob, we got information earlier this week that last weekend before the double show, numerous urethane balls again tested illegal. Okay, now let me clarify here. Let me clarify. The balls tested illegal right after match play ended. They were tested. And numerous balls tested illegal. It included purple hammers. It included pitch blacks. And it included double crosses. I'm not going to say how many. I'm not going to say the any who, who they belong to. Okay. We got information that these balls tested illegal right after the match play was over. They were allowed to sit overnight. And the next morning... They were tested, and word was given that all of those balls that had previously tested illegal now tested legally. I have also heard, I'll say, off-the-record comments or, or uh, general comments from, from players that there was some you know skepticism as to whether that was actually the case or not in terms of the balls testing illegal and then all testing legal the next morning, okay? Like I said, Rob, I don't think this has been reported anywhere until right now here on our show about these balls, again, testing illegal after the match play and then legal again the next morning, all right? And they they were approved to be used on the show, okay? Here's why I'm saying this on this show, Rob. Two reasons. Number one, I think that this information should be out there to show that this is about more than the purple hammer. Okay? There are other balls that are testing illegally soft as well. All right? That's one thing I want to point out there. The second and more important thing that I want to put it, point out there is that this situation to me clearly reflects the inconsistencies with the testing, okay? We talked about this last week, Rob. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this example at, to back up what we were saying last week. And, and if I got anything out of that USBC report, it was that the testing is almost too inconsistent to even really make, make a definitive decision one way or the other, all right? Rob. I reached out to Tom Clark this week when I got this, when we got this news, and I asked him for comment. 
and I'm not I'm not going to share all of his comments, but I will say that part of his comments referred to the idea that yet yeah, the, the testing is somewhat inconsistent. Okay, the testing is somewhat well. The USBC the USBC has on their press release when they banned the purple hammer talk about their inconsistencies of the testing. Yes, and and Rob, and I'll be honest, I don't feel like this issue is being highlighted enough. I feel like people are looking at some of the results of tests that they want to look at and saying, oh, illegal balls, illegal balls, while not pointing out that the testing itself is not very reliable or accurate or scientific, if you want to use that word, okay? Charles Reeves is in the chat saying that the double cross is a fairly new ball. It is. Charles, it is. So, like, that that might mean that if that ball tested illegal, right? And now, again, it tested legal the next day, all right, pointing out the inconsistency of the testing. But if that ball were to test illegal at some point in the near future, then that's telling you that this softness issue might involve bowling balls that are way less than two years old, okay? And again, I go back to my point from last week that I'm not even sure we have all the facts of the matter here. You know, there's huge choruses of people calling for banning of urethane, banning of the Purple Hammer, banning of Purple Hammers from certain certain years. Well, listen, I'm just trying to point out that when I heard this issue took place, I wanted to report it within the bowling community, again, to point out the inconsistencies of the testing process here, okay, and also to highlight the fact that this is about more than just the purple hammer. All right. Okay. So let me so let me respond because I agree. Like that's first off, breaking news, Mike. That's 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 important. Uh it's an important topic in conversation, right? Especially with all the bullshit that's been going on. Is days. it because Rob, it's funny that you say that because I've reached out to uh Jeff Rickles, all right, who has written numerous articles about this issue. And numerous articles about the the Purple Hammer specifically, okay? And I'm going to be clear here. Jeff is sponsored by Storm. He's a Storm guy, okay? Is he a patch pirate? No, not at all. Not at no, all. Okay, totally, okay. totally respect respect his game as a bowler. Would never, would never say <laughs> that about him. I'm just uh, kidding. But just kidding. I, did, I did reach out to him when I got this information, Rob. And I asked him, Jeff, are, are you going to report this? Are you going to write an article on this? And he said, no, it's not newsworthy because the ball's tested legal the next day. And I disagreed with him, Rob, because I do think it's newsworthy. And I think it's newsworthy again. I'll say it again, because it shows that, that it, this issue is about more than the purple hammer, and it shows the inconsistency in the testing. Yeah. No, agreed. And that's where, like, I'm, you know, going to read here a little bit of the press release, okay, from USBC. Because they're talking about the findings of the USBC's investigation are inconclusive. Okay, however, the credible firsthand accounts describing a potential of unknown purple hammers balls to be produced out of specification in 2016 and 2017 is concerning. Okay, so there is a reason why the purple hammer got banned from the USBC. And it, it's the fact where... There was a batch from 2016, 2017 that the um, you know, you that the hammer was 
unknowingly producing that ball. And they interviewed 12 people, including a lot of people who work for EBI, which we all know, Mike, in the bowling world, it's not hard to get a hold of people that work for bowling ball companies or did work for bowling ball companies, right? Everybody really knows each other. And with social media, it's pretty easy to reach out to people. And just, you know, hey, like, you know, I reach out to people all the time to get, to get, you know, Jeff does. I know a lot of people do. Anyway, so uh, that being said, um, there's been a lot of questioning on why the USBC only banned the Purple Hammer for national competition, right? The national tournaments and not for, you know, everything else, right? USBC sanction, right? And I want to be clear the reason why, okay? Here's where it comes down to is the USBC national governing body has no control over banning a bowling ball of local competition, local leagues, local tournaments. That's up to the local USBC organizations, not for the USBC national governing body. Okay. So now if the local, if your local association comes in and follows suit, the purple hammer could the 2016, 2017 purple hammer could be deemed illegal. Okay. Now, what the USBC could have done is they could have put took taken the ball off of the approved ball list, right? And that would have been able to ban it nationally and said, you can't use this ball anymore. It's not approved, right? P- you mean period. Period. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Doesn't matter when it's made. Doesn't matter when it's made. They could have done that. They can't because the investigation and the findings and the testings are inconclusive. And the only reasons why it got banned from the national tournaments is because of these interviews and firsthand accounts that they did their own investigation research behind. Okay. So that's why people are saying, well, there is the consistency. They're not, they're banning it for national tournaments, not local associate. The national doesn't, you know, the locals do their own thing. Take it for what it's worth. That's what I got out of the conversation I had I mean, with USBC I, I, today. That, that, that seems ridiculous to me. It, it just does. I mean, we've talked at length, Rob, about the the makeup of these local associations. A lot of these people probably don't even know what, what your hammer is. is or what a purple hammer is. Well, some of them do. They probably still have it in their bag because they're like 90. I'm talking like the 80, back in the 80s when the purple hammer was made, okay? They don't, dude, the local associations are so far out of touch with the bowling world right now, in my opinion. And I I mean, really like, it doesn't matter if some like league hack got a, got a 2017 purple hammer and throws it in his league once in a while. Like I I think, I think that this issue really only does apply to, you know, the upper echelons of of the bowling community, you know, like, well, that was a good post from Ron Hicklin on Facebook. Yeah. He's like, He's like y'all. He's like y'all. So angry, but ninety nine percent of the time, it, it's it, this ain't affecting you. You know what right. it does affect? It affects me because I have a two thousand seventeen Purple Hammer in my bag, and now I can't use it at the national tournament. Okay, do I care? No, because I'll just drill a new urethane ball. It doesn't well, matter. Yeah, and, and Rob, let's go there. I'm I'm so glad you said that. Let's transition into the next piece of this conversation. I wanted to bring up Rob, the PBA. Ban all urethane balls that were more two years old or more or, or older. Sure. So now sure. we're at a point now we're at a point where all these balls that could be possibly soft and illegal and this and that are out. Okay, they're out. They're officially out. 
The balls that these guys, the balls these guys are using, are legit, right? We know that at this point because they had they have to use new ones. And Rob, what is continuing to happen? The purple hammer is continuing to dominate. Yeah, because the purple hammer is continuing to dominate. So, like, like now, hold on. Now I no, no, Rob. But some of them really do, Rob. Let's let, let's be clear. Some of them really, really care about this. Okay, and here's what I'm going to say. They ban the old balls. The purple hammer is still dominating. Right. I watched the World Series this week. Purple hammer dominating. All right. What's going to be the next issue that's going to come up? In this ball specifically, I mean, if anything, doesn't that say that whatever makes this ball special, it's not the softness issue that everybody's been pointing to and saying, cheater ball, cheater ball, get these balls out of here? I mean, the fact that people are still absolutely dominating with this ball in hand, doesn't that in and of itself say, well, maybe it's something else that makes this ball special and distinct from all that other type of equipment out there? You know, I don't know. I'm just I'm just reasoning with what I see with my own eyes. No, right? I mean, look, I'm I would, I'm talking about the pros that don't care are the pros that have to replace those 2016 2017 hammers. Those specific uh, pros, they don't care. I don't. I mean, drill you don't. One. You don't think after all the hype and all the conversation that's going on, and Rob, you know how bowlers in the bowling community are. Like, you don't think that some of these guys in their heart of hearts may have believed like, oh, yeah, like if I got to get rid of this ball, the other one ain't going to be the same. I believe that some of them may have felt that way. But here's what's being proven this week at the World Series of Bowling. That was probably the wrong way of thinking. Yeah, you know what else it proves? It proves that um, I how much I hate urethane, Mike, in general. I know like, you, were, that, you were cranky on Twitter this week, Rob, about urethane. I was. And – I look in my own personal game, urethane has been great. Okay. Because I love when they're short and they're uh, my, the way I throw the ball, urethane is perfect for me. Okay. I need urethane in my bag because I I can't like calm down my reaction on the fresh. That being said, it has brought nothing but problems to the sport. And what I mean by that one, there's been this huge integrity issue, right? That, you know, the pros have been talking about is it illegal? Is it not illegal? The entertainment value of it, Mike, has been terrible. And we've talked about this numerous times. When the whole stepladder is throwing urethane, it's just not the same. I'd rather see a new high-performance ball getting thrown. I'd rather see Oscar Palermo throw a new Nova and stand left on 20 and throw it to five and throw messengers than him standing up 10 and piping a urethane ball. And I'm talking entertainment value, Mike. And we've talked about this. Once urethane was added to the mix, it completely killed the, the entertainment factor of the shows. Okay. Um, it also gave an advantage to two-handing bowling and as well as lefties and as well as lefty two-handers. Okay. Because if you've ever had a great reaction on the fresh with a urethane playing right of 10, and that and you could play that all day in all tournaments. Dude, that is just like cruise control, man. You don't have to move your feet. You don't have to move your eyes. You stand in the same spot, and you just play up 10, throwing it 5 all day, and you average 230, 240, and you're you're set, right? 
I feel like high performance bowling balls. Yes, when they were introduced to the game, this was kind of the same situation where people were losing their minds. But as a righty throwing a year a high performance ball as a traditional, even a two hander, you have to make a lot more moves and you have to deal with a lot more transition during a tournament than if you're a lefty playing with a urethane playing up ten all tournament. Okay, same thing with the right handers, right, that are playing up five or ten with a urethane. Look, all I'm saying is that since your thing got introduced in the the resurrection of your thing got introduced, it's been nothing but problems and it's been nothing but just like not it's been hasn't been a lot of fun to watch as a, as a fan. I don't I, know. I, I mean, I, I I said to you on Twitter, I I tend to disagree with you on that. Yeah, I, I don't it hasn't taken out any of the fun out of it for me. I don't I don't watch like looking for extreme ball reaction. I look, I watch looking for strategy. And like I said on Twitter, well, what kind uh, of strategy I, is throwing two hander at 10 the whole tournament? Well, I think that no matter when you use your thing, that, you know, the lanes are bound to transition. I mean, I, I understand no. your point about the lefties. I get that. I get that. I'm talking about generally right hand side of the lane, you know, or on a PBA show. Right, you're you're gonna have transition. You're probably gonna have a point where somebody's gonna have to make a decision about using that ball or not using that ball. We just saw this a couple weeks ago, Rob. I think with Belmo, where he decided to stick with Urethane a little bit long. Was was it him who did that? Right, did and that pitch black. Remember, it was yeah, major. yeah. And we saw that, right? Okay. And I, to me, again, as a fan, as as a knowledgeable fan, it kind of adds an extra layer of like, all right, well, there's this other choice. There's another piece of strategy here, you know, where what's this bowler going to decide to do? You know, we've questioned a lot when we have previewed shows like, well, who's going to throw you or a thing? Or is this guy going to decide to use it? And when's he going to have to get out of it? So I, I don't mind it in that regard, but I just, I just, I'm tired of all the controversy with it. Honestly, I just, I'm tired of hearing about all the controversy. I was, it is, but I I, like, I'm watching the world series this week and I'm just like, man, you know, now, now the goalposts are going to be moved and there's going to be some other issue with this ball because the ball continues to stand out. You know, when other balls uh, across the history of bowling have stood out and no one has really questioned, uh, you know, well, why is that ball different than these other ones? But in this case, I, I guess, uh, you know, with all the details in this situation, I can understand why some people are questioning it. But at the same time, you know, uh, when when you it's see just, the PBA put in a rule like that, and then you see the results, it speaks yeah, for itself. Me, it does. To me, it's just been a nonstop headache and boring since it's been reintroduced to the game. Those are just my two level points of it, honestly. If, okay. if it got banned, if your thing got banned tomorrow, I, I wouldn't lose any sleep. Can I make one more point about this urethane thing? And I think maybe, hopefully, this might be the last week we talk about it for yeah. at least a few weeks, right? <laughs> I don't know. The I way, feel like it's going right now everywhere. <laughs> who knows what will happen between the, now and next week. Yeah. Um, here's my last point. And and this is this is somewhat disappointing to me, honestly. I, I, I can't explain this. It's disappointing to me. Rob, there's a really simple solution for all the controversy with the urethane. Why doesn't the PBA put out some patterns – where urethane ain't usable because they don't care. They don't care about the urethane resin. They, they, I'm just saying. I mean, if they, yeah. you know, if you want to end look- some of the controversy, put out a pattern. 
where My, you know they, the your thing really can't be used. They could easily do that. Yeah, that's it. You, I mean, they look like I think we've 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 talked to people at, at the high level of the industry in regards to this. The PBA doesn't want to shut out urethane. Okay, they they did. I know. I'm not. I'm not saying shut it out. I'm just saying maybe not make it, not allow it to be so prominent. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. I would love. It's here to stay, Mike. I feel like this is something that eventually me, I, and a lot of other people are going to just have to accept. There's really no way around it. I mean, Mike, I'm at the tournament I bowled last weekend was a 42-foot pattern, and half the field was throwing urethane on a 42-foot pattern, Mike. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't I don't understand it. And a lot of people were bowling really good throwing it because okay. these new urethanes, like these pink widows, right. now hook – they hook a ton more than the old urethanes. Dude, but another year – the. The urethanes are just going to be like high performance balls again, and then <laughs> like they keep making these urethane balls hooking more and more. It's like true. I see a comment from my guy Lucas Leandro, uh, Bolero Elite Series TV show finalist uh, a couple years back. See my guy. What's up, Lucas? Hope you're doing well. I saw those scores on that Carolier House shot, Hoss. You better get it together. Uh, I expect you to be bowling the Sport League next year. So uh, I also see. Uh, Robert Hamilton commenting they should partner with Greg Tack for a pattern. Yo, I agree, Robert. I agree. Tell Greg Tack you don't want your thing used. I guarantee my guy makes it happen. All right. But, uh, Rob, you ready to give the people what they come for? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, mine's a little bit. Um, Our worst of the week's rosin bags officially sold out. No, I think they're I, no. I got a couple. On left. my end, they're officially sold out. I believe. Oh really? So, I got a couple yeah. left. So okay. the next orders, right. literally, I think I have three left. Okay. So um, the next three orders of one, two, or three, get them, and then I'm, I might just put them, take them off the the website tonight, honestly, because I don't want to get an order for five and then have to refund money. I'm not. I'm not dealing with that shit. True. Um, All right. You want so, me to go first? Or you want to go first? No, I'll go first because mine's not great this week, but it's kind of funny. Um, okay. I, I, I wish I could pull the picture up here, but uh, Jessica Murawski put up a, a, a picture. Congratulations for winning. What worst of the week? Congratulations, Jessica. Jess. Cheers. It's a literal, like, beat up spare ball. And I don't look. First off, let me give a shout out to our fans. Our fans love worst of the week. I must get like at least five to seven submissions a week in my personal inbox. Okay. And they don't even got to say nothing. All they write is W O T W send the post makes me laugh. I wake up in the morning at 5. AM. I check my files or folders, whatever my, my social media. And here I have like three worst of the weeks, dude. Love my fans. Love our fans. I mean, it's great. Um, my spare ball has so much oil in the U.S., it's is trying to invade it. Okay, whatever. My spare, what? <laughs> my spare ball has so much oil. The U.S. is trying to invade it. Okay, political little political agenda there, right? Little shot at America. Okay, if you don't love it, leave it, honey. If you don't love it, leave it, honey. Doesn't matter how much ball cleaner I use by next league night. It feels like a disgusting house ball, Mike. 
the picture is with a T-zone spare ball on a house ball rack that looks like it has like 600 games on it. Okay. It actually looks like a house ball, Mike. Okay. And she writes, it doesn't matter how much ball cleaner I use. It looks like a, a, a house ball. by the Because guess what, honey? It is a house ball, okay? Leave it on the rack. Go get yourself a nice new spare ball and then deal with it. Maybe resurface the spare ball. You could get a maybe. new one for like 60, but resurface it maybe for 20. Maybe. I don't know. Throw it on the Hoss machine. Bring it down to 500. Polish it all the way back up. You could, you could probably do it. You could probably do it and get it get it back to its original uh, life. You could also give it one of those baths, right? She could, she could give it one of those like hot baths for the bowling ball that I see people doing this? all over the place. Put it in the oven and then stick your head in the oven. On broil. Then- Put it on broil. broil. Put it on broil. Broil. Get the oil right. out of the ball. Bring all the oil out. Put that jaw on put broil. A, while you're doing that, put a potato on your thumb. No, okay. don't really don't really do any of this that we're telling you. I don't want someone burning their house down trying to get oil out of their bowling ball. And we're yeah, responsible no, don't for do it. it. Don't do it. All right, here's, <laughs> my worst of the week. here's my worst of the week. Here's my work. Here's my worst of the week. It's from Brad and Kyle's Facebook page. Yes. Congrats, Brad and Kyle. No, 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 no. They're not the winners. They're not the oh, winners. Boo. It's a it's a comment that was a I response to something they're posting. So the winner of worst of the week is Chris Brimmer. Chris Brimmer, congratulations yes. from the Brad and Kyle uh, Facebook page. So Brad and Kyle a few hours ago posted basically the results of the world championship. Okay. Okay. Uh Chris Britton and, and Kyle's in the finals, right? He's bowling the finals. And Chris Brimmer comes on, and here's his comment. Okay, I quote. This is what okay. won him worst of the week. So confusing to follow this event. Scorpion, shark, bat. What the hell is this tournament? <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Scorpion, shark, bat. I love bat. Is that a new pattern? The bat. The bat I don't pattern? know. I don't know. I love it. I mean, I love the. It'd be the shape would, of a bat. The bat symbol. Yo, wild post. Wild post. Great post, bat. Chris Brimmer. I mean, this is one of Kyle and Brad's subscribers. This tournament's impossible to follow. Scorpion, cheetah, bat. <laughs> what bat. the hell's going on here? Leopard. Oh Elephant, my God! Rhinoceros. These people, Jesus. Uh, Give it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna continue (laughs) to rail. The the bat. The bat emojis. Sorry, that cracks me up. Like, dude, a bat pattern sounds amazing. I'm gonna continue to involve Brad and Kyle here. Uh, my final thought is going to be this. I, I, I've been watching a lot of these bowling vlogs lately. I said this a couple weeks ago and did my final thought on it then. I'm going to do it again. I've been watching a lot of these bowling vlogs lately. And Brad, God bless Brad Miller. And I'm going to say why. Because he finished like 93rd out of 97 people this week in the World Championship, I believe. And every blog I watched that he put up this week, he must have said two or three times in each vlog that they released, man, I am throwing it really good right now. 
I'm not scoring well, but I'm throwing it really good, and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep throwing it good because I know I'm throwing it good. And you know, I, and I'm not. I'm not making fun of him. I'm not. I'm not busting yeah, his yeah, chops yeah. on this. Brad, I understand you. I understand you. Yeah, I feel night, you. I feel you. When he said that, when he was like, I'm throwing it good right now, and I went and I checked the standings, and he was in 90-something place out of 90-something. I see I was you, like, I was like, Brad, I feel you, bro. I feel you because I feel the same way when I'm bowling a tournament. Like, man, I'm throwing it good. Where am I? Oh, I'm in fifth to last. Oh, the guy mm. who's throwing it backwards is beating me. Oh, my God. I think I'm throwing it good. I feel you, bro. Love it. Final thought, Love Rob? It. Yeah, I got to pull Robert Hamilton's comment because um, Robert Hamilton sent me a, a video of Mushter, who was brought up earlier. He fought, showing a video of him shooting 300. Um, was it a pre-bowl? Was it a real 300? Uh, so, you know, good to see Mushter. Keep, keep, keep it on, man. Keep it on. You know, I don't know about him shooting 900 because I saw him throw the ball and I'm like, man, I don't really know about that. Um, yeah, yeah. My my final thought is there's been numerous complaints this week out of the Bolero facility that they're using at the World Series of Bowling, Mike. Um, numerous complaints about how dirty the facility is. Um Mike, what are the complaints you've been hearing on your end? Because I know there's been a lot of talk about how shitty of a location they're bowling and that it's almost a disgrace to the PBA, um, that facility. That's the word I heard more than once, is disgrace. Disgrace wow. that, that, the, that the PBA's biggest event would be held in this center. Uh, complaints were the cleanliness of the center. I heard complaints on, um, the, uh, the, the, the bathroom facilities at the center. I heard leave a lot to be desired. And, uh, yeah, generally that was it. But, uh, you know, again, people reaching out to say, uh, you know, not, not an appropriate place to have, uh, the PBAs, um, you know, best event or biggest event. But can I say though, Rob and Kevin Tate in the chat, every Bolero is filthy. Kevin, I agree with you hundred percent. You go in a Bolero center and you look up, you look up in, into the, you know, whatever the ceiling, you'll just see dirt and dust everywhere. It's just crazy. I think to myself, man, do they never clean these places? It's crazy. Um, I will say Stock this. Is up, though, though. Rob, Stock the, is up. Okay. Of course it is. They're cutting corners. They're, they're going to find ways to, to raise the price. Make uh, money, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I'll also say this, Rob. Um, the crowds have been great there, at least for the double show. That crowd was amazing. So I'm hoping they, that we get the same thing, even though the the venue seems to leave a lot to be desired. But, uh, you know, listen, what do you expect? I mean, Bolero buys the PBA Tour. What did we think? They weren't going to want to have the events at Bolero Centers. You know, and as as Kevin's saying, as I'm saying, you know, a lot of the as – you, as you were saying earlier in the show, Rob – a lot of these Bolero That's centers cool. that you go to, they leave a lot to be desired. Yeah, they're flashy and snazzy with their cars in them and the bars and all that and the, the lights behind the TVs. But when you go into the bathroom and, you know, there's there's a human excrement on the floor and the wall and it, and it looks like it hasn't been cleaned in three weeks 
like, you know, that's not, that's not a very pleasant experience. So, uh, you know, it definitely leaves a lot to be desired, uh, when I'm there anyway. So, all right, Rob, uh, Wait, we are we talk? Go ahead. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Live watch. We're doing live, a live watch, watch Sunday. Live Join watch. Us. Join I don't us. Know what, I don't know what we'll, time the show starts, but it'll be 15 minutes before the show starts. Yeah, we'll jump on 15 minutes before it starts. Let me look it up here. Keep the people occupied, Rob. Um, yeah. 1 so, p.m. 1 p.m. 12.30 will be on. Okay. 12.30 will be on. All right. You want 12.45? You want to be on 12.30? 12.45. Yeah, twelve forty-five. We'll be on. Uh, Rob, yeah. Rob will, Rob will be doing breakfast and bowling, okay? And I will have a spread of lunch-type uh, snacks for bowling. Also, what is that? That's ten forty-five my time, right? Yeah, I'm on Mountain Time. Yeah, okay. But isn't daylight savings time this weekend though? Oh, is it? All right, so then it'll. Well, it's still going to be the same time. It'll just for be... me. It might. Not, for me, it's going to be earlier. I think I go back an hour on daylight. Oh, okay. Like, I got to check. Like, this is big news, though. Um, But, yeah, we'll be live. We'll be watching. Hopefully, we could bring some guests on. But it'll be 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be on 1245 p.m. Eastern Standard. uh, And we'll be commentating, eating food, having some coffee, you know, talking to the people. Watching bowling, baby. Come out and hang out with us. Let's watch some bowling. Let's watch some bowling. All right, Rob. All right, people. Always fun. We'll see the people Sunday. Hit us up on social media. I'm at the 215th. He's at Brooklyn Rob 11. Email us, sweep the rack at Gmail. Check out our website, sweeptherackbowling.com. Uh, we love it when you guys reach out to us. Continue to do so. Rob, always fun. Uh, have have a good couple days here, and uh, we'll see everybody on Sunday for this, this $100,000 major show. Let's get it. Let go. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.